Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Kyle, Luke, and Jimmy. Today we're going to be covering Season 7, Episode 9 of the CW show, The 100, entitled The Flock. So we have a lot going on at Sanctum in this episode, and a little bit more into, well, a lot of insight into Octavia, Echo, Dioza, and Hope at Bardo and their training to become disciples. Yeah, and you guys know the drill. Every week we put on our Bingetown TV Twitter account to see what you guys thought of the episode. We had three options. We had loved it, which was 47%. We had it was good, 28%. And we had could have been better, 25%. That's so a pretty even split. Pretty even split. Yeah, I find that kind of surprising because I didn't have much to complain about. Um, it wasn't the best episode because, you know, like everything on Bardo was just backfilling to get us back caught up to where we are in the modern timeline on Bardo with Clark and friends. But uh, it was good. I had a couple of minor complaints, specific character decisions that we'll get into. But overall, I liked it. I once, enjoyed yeah, it. Once again, J.R. Bourne, MVP. Oh, my God. He's so oh my good. God. <laughs> he carried the, I would say he carried the episode. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But, yeah. yeah. We I was on had, team. We were it was good. We were having a conversation before this. And it's just like we shit talk so badly on Russell's character early in the store in like first two episodes, I would even say. Yeah. And just ever since then, it's just been up and up every single scene. He's been getting better. He's more compelling. And he's just like, I, I like him. It's just, I, I don't see how that story is going to connect. It feels like we're watching two separate shows now. It really does. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I'm almost going to say that the Sanctum storyline's heating up right now. It is. I mean, props to Jason Rothenberg. Cause and I've said it before on the podcast. He promised us that we would care about Shade Hayda. You know, and I've said this before a million times. We did not care about him at all last season and to start this season. You know, we were like, do not need that part to be, you know, to be happening this this season. I think yeah. we care about J.R. Boring. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, he is incredible. We're going to say multiple times for the rest of this episode, but. Yeah, but before we go even deeper on him, we're going to treat this episode and we're going to split it into two buckets. And the first bucket's going to be all of the Bardo flashback ending up with, you know, the scene couple like a day before Clark gets there. And then we're going to crush through the um, alpha storyline on Sanctum. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to preface this. Are we ready to get right into it? Three yes, months sir. earlier. Let's do it. Three months earlier, uh, we start at Bardo with Anders, Hope, Dioza, and Octavia. Yeah, and the, the first conversation we get seems to take place just like a little bit after our group um, accepted to be basically disciples. Like they're going to go into the training. We saw that at the end of two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we get a little bit of insight into Anders saying, at least he, the writers were smart enough to say, like make Anders question. Like he knew that they weren't just going to be disciples. Like right. he's like, you guys got to right. see some stuff first. I understand that. And that was kind of a complaint I had before. I was like, there's no way Anders should trust them after what he knew about Octavia. But you know, they, they, they did a good job with it. So, and the first thing that he decides to show them is what would, what will happen to us if we don't win this last war that we've uh, seen so much about. And he immediately says, we're going up to the surface. Um, I loved and hated the line where Hope tries to act tough to him and says, oh, pretty brave that you came here alone with us four girls. And he was just like, yeah, well, not really, because I'll take you up. You can't get back down if I'm dead. That's like a theme of the episode, basically, is Hope yeah. trying to step and him shutting her down. <laughs> yeah, so let's clarify this real quick. Does he have to have a voice command? Because Dioz will rip his freaking eye out and take him back down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, And they know that. Yeah, he knows what she does. Maybe, so he... 
I mean, it looked like he used the eye scanner again, right? Yeah, he did. It could have been a special circumstance. Yeah, I'm like, sure. You know, if I'm not like talking, yeah. like don't let these motherfuckers back down here yeah. because like it's Dioza and Octavia. He says, does he say if I don't say so, yeah, it won't I go think down? It was, if I don't yeah. tell them to bring us back okay, down. Yeah. Okay. I, said, I, I think yeah. I said the eye, but yeah. he did say something like that. Well, so, he uses the eye to go up. Yeah. Still scans right. them. Yeah. So we saw from the preview last week that there's the entire surface of Bardo is covered in this crystal structure thing. Um, and he essentially says, I have the quote here, particulate matter in the air is lethal to humans. It will literally calcify you from the inside out. Um, and he opens the door to the surface and Octavia immediately says, Gabriel saved us. Yeah. My, Luke. My complaint about that <laughs> is, okay, there's a couple things here. Yeah. So, Okay, Gabriel saved us, but it was a complete guess. He didn't know what he was doing when he made that decision. And also, like, he made that decision because he was hating on Levitt. But now we know Levitt is our goddamn homie again. There's no way Levitt's bad after this episode. So it's like, what tipped Gabriel off not to listen to Levitt when we are all still Team Levitt? Right? It was still a bad plan, though. We find out a little later that Levitt didn't have a plan. Yeah, he said uh, you can survive for an hour or two, two right? an hour or two, yeah. and he was going to think of something. But it's still, I'm not, I'm not getting into the Levitt part yet. I'm just saying, like Gabriel didn't know what he was doing when he when he just said, decided to, to betray them. It was more of just he wasn't trusting I, Octavius. I literally, trust. I literally think that Levitt and Gabriel had the same exact thought process, except backwards. Like Levitt saying, "You're going to die here. I'll give you two hours outside," and Gabriel saying. I'm not going outside. We're going to die. We ha Maybe we can be prisoners and stay alive here. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Yeah, we'll figure it out just, inside you know, versus we'll figure it out outside. Gabriel didn't know. Levitt, yeah, Levitt no, I, I, I side, agree. So I mean, it it's totally a jump. It yeah. was a leap of faith right there, which, fine. Okay, Gabriel's back to being not <laughs> the worst, but still, I I'm, I'm still don't like that decision compared to how every single decision before that scene was, calculated was so and, smart yeah. and awesome and i praised every second of it it was just you know that man was just a, a couple weeks moment. ago you loved gabriel hated saying. levitt and now you hate gabriel and love levitt <laughs> wow i don't know so basically what yeah. okay fine it's nothing negative against gabriel Woo! but is it also nothing negative against levitt they both thought what they were doing was right is that where we're at? Like, neither of them yeah. are going to be... Yeah, that's where I'm at now. Against or me. Yep. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. It was done in a weird way. I didn't love it. I mean, but, like, now we're thinking, like, Levitt would figure it out in those one to two hours, and then Gabriel was, we'll figure it out while we're inside. But Levitt... I don't think Levitt was thinking that they were going to execute them. Was he? Wouldn't he just assume that they would put him through the training that they're going to put them through for the rest of this episode? Then why would he send him out there? I just don't know. No, that's that's why we thought he could be bad back yeah. then. Yeah. You know, the whole thing yeah. is is weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's it was weird. written in a yeah. weird way that made you question the characters where they were coming. Yeah, from. all of them. I mean, Later, all of them. Later on, we're gonna get to it. But Levitt says something like, "I needed time to figure something out." I think in subsequent episodes, we're gonna hear more about what his potential plan would have been, maybe because I. I feel he made like, it sound like there was no plan yet. Yeah, right, not at right. all. That he was going to have to, he needed time to think. You know, he needed time to figure it out. Oh, to figure yeah. anything out. Yeah. I thought you meant like he had a plan and just. Oh, had to, no, like, I think he just needed time to figure it out. No, he needed to, he didn't have a plan. <laughs> okay, so Anders says, shows them this crystal encased surface of Bardo and says, this is what happened to the Bardoans who last their lost 
who lost their last war. This is all that's left. And Octavia has an awesome line where it kind of clicks in her mind. She says, so the 10 foot aliens with superior technology who built this place got genocided and turned to stone by the enemy we're about to fight. And Anders is like, yep, that's our girl. Now, you know. And Dioza says, I do love me an unwinnable war. Yes, she does. <laughs> um, and then we get opening sequence, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and then we move on to our... Well, real next- quick. So, so is what we learn there that basically what, what the Bardos, what, what the Disciples plan is to pawn off the idea that they are not the bad guys, then the bad guys are the ones that are out there that froze the original Bardoans, right? That, that released, which we later find out is Gem 9. Right, like the third, the enemy is a third faction. It's not Clark yes, and the Sanctumites. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they even say later? Doesn't Levitt say we don't know who we're fighting? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's so what they I'm don't saying. know. So meaning yes, this is, is a whole new species. Yes. Yeah. I think that was one of the first pieces of info that like kind of solidified that it was like another being that they were fighting. Because I feel like we've talked earlier that like is the fight against mortality in general, and like the next evolution is to just be immortal beings as like the human race. I mean, that's the thing we were talking about earlier, too, Luke. Like, they said specifically that when Clark shows up with the key, the war begins. But they don't even know how, like, why does that correlate to any war starting? Okay, Do the so beings show up because the key's here? So or I think we have to go back to the backdoor pilot because uh, Becca Franco was the one that opened up the portal to that place that had the white light. Right, right. All that judgment day. I for think now. the key is the only thing that can open that white light right. place. That's why having the key starts the war because they can access they go that. To it. And I think the the enemies are in that white light. See, place. I okay. think that, that right? no, no, okay, I'm all in until you say the enemies are in that white place. I think that the whole idea of there being this third unknown species could potentially just be the way that Bill and the and the disciples are like trying to basically red herring this. Like their their main goal is to get the mind drive or get the flame and then go to the judgment day. And there could literally be no third faction is what i'm saying that's kind of what i thought like th- yeah there's a potential for that this there's no there's no real other enemy it's really just their way of just trying to get them on board so they can get clark get the key go to judgment Day. i, yeah. I would honestly, agree with that the yeah. planet bardo slight parallel to earth after the nuclear war and like that was their like they're trying to escape that extinction event that's bill's whole was whole hit that was bill's whole thing was trying to get off of earth because it's about to be unsurvivable because because yeah. wouldn't it feel weird if they introduce a new say yeah. just hypothetically they introduce like a new alien the movie alien species that's the real enemy like wouldn't that be weird in the last i 100 percent agree with yeah. you i just don't pissed. think they're gonna add another villain when we already have shade hada we have bill we have judgment day it's like now we got this new species i think this is a red herring to get our main squad on their board and kind of like this could open the door to Levin still being a little evil, but he who knows? Is. Who knows? He he is. I don't believe that, but I'm just saying. I want to move on to the next scene, but Kyle and Luke, you guys are on the same page as this last war is against humans and mortality. Like in general, you think it's like... Not so much that anymore, but I just don't think it is another species. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so the next scene is, I have them in my notes as the Bardo girls. That's Hope, Octavia, Dioza, and Echo, and Levitt. And it's kind of the first... <laughs> He's in the Bardo girls. It's kind of... Well, it's Anne Levitt. He's the guy, you know? It's like, <laughs> that guy, it's like it. Charlie's Angels and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our first, first interaction. And they're all like, kind of like, hey, man, 
What's up? Dioza. Yeah, Dioza is grilling him. That was exactly what we wanted to ask. Yeah, Dioza is us on previous episodes asking him what we'd want to ask him. And he says, right back, hey, it's survivable for an hour or two. I just needed time to figure something out. And that's all he really gives them. And then she chirps back with, boy, you sure do have a lot of jobs around Bardo. Yeah. Just showing up right where we are, huh, Levitt? I was just going to say that. Yep. I mean, I, I know it's like a little thing too. Like, oh, you're just the janitor right at the right spot. Like, uh, well. Octavia we defends him, right? We find out right yeah. away that Octavia still has full trust. Yeah. In oh, yeah. She's stretching, out, looking so. great. As of right now, we're kind of assuming that both Gabriel and Levitt are in the right. Yeah, I'm full in now. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like I, in the preview is the only thing that made me question what, what Levitt's true, like, mindset is. But I think he's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was very sketchy to see him be the janitor, have that whole situation happen, and then see a trailer where he's automatically right next to Anders on his right on his right side without any explanation because it's just the, obviously the trailer. I'm thinking, okay, he's bad, you know. So I guess we're also I'm also jumping to a conclusion based on the trailer again. So it's they obviously do this stuff to be misleading right. a little bit. So we don't know. We don't know where that's going to go. It's working. It is working. So we're moving on through. Levitt says uh, he warns it's pivotal for you guys to keep your emotions under control. Like Anders is taking a personal interest in you guys. He's going to be handling uh, your training himself, you know, specifically. And he rarely does this for people. Like he, he's usually not the one in charge. Um, but he's going to try and amp you up. Like it's a whole thing. Keep your emotions under control. Uh, Anders brings in a couple new recruits that are level ones or whatever, and our girls just absolutely mop the floor like Levitt with these scrubs, and I love it. Such badasses. Love it. It would have been weird if they didn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They were going to. Um, It's just how Hope handled it is not the way that a rational person should have been treating the whole situation because she's all cocky and looking Anders Anders in the face, and it's like, just play the part. Like, you're not helping yourself right. or anybody. Yeah. Then he brings up Dev, shakes her. So, at this yeah. point, Anders 2, point. Hope 0. He also brings up Orlando, which yeah. I thought was cool. He says, uh, you know, I Anders was Orlando's mentor. Um, and he said Orlando was one of our best. Um, and I want to ask this because Kathleen's not on this episode. Hmm. And she is full on Orlando's alive. It's a conspiracy theory. What, what do we think? Is Orlando alive or is there no reason? To keep I alive? don't see the reason. He was yeah, alive. that's the biggest thing. The yeah. only thing that they could do with that is to shock them. Like, you know, hoping them, oh, he's alive uh, as like a double cross. But now they think that they're getting them on their side. Yeah. So there's, I don't see a reason. There's just like some crazy long con that's been going on every, every Bardo scene, which would include Levitt being evil. Right. It would include Orlando being in on it the whole time. Like that's the only way it could work. If this whole yeah. Bardo season has been a con. Also, it's we've like a plot flip at the end. We've surrendered a lot of big character screen time to a lot of these new side characters. So yeah. I don't think we have time for another long side view of like Orlando swinging out of the story and then coming back in late. Nope. Like, yeah, yeah, we brought this up before. Like, if they wanted it to be a thing where it made sense that Orlando didn't give them all the information on purpose, like Levitt, like Levitt was saying, oh, like Dev didn't tell you this, Orlando didn't tell you that, you know, to mess with them while, like, as a con, maybe, but there's just no reason now to bring him back to life yeah. or say he's still alive. Yeah, I agree. And then um, a little bit after we get that conversation is when we move over to Levitt pulling Anders aside to kind of. Divul- he's, he, he says like they gave me a new idea like let's talk a little bit more in depth mm-hmm. um 
And he has the one quote, which is just amazing. He just says it so casually when he's talking about Octavia. She said, he says, like, I've seen Octavia kill more people than I've known in my entire life. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, that's so true. And then he's like, and, and Echo and uh, Dioza are nothing to mess with either. Yeah. And, you know, like, it, it's just, I, I feel confident that Levitt's good now. Like, he cares about them and he's trying his best to make, to pave the way for them. Levitt pulls Anders aside and just says, they don't need the training. Yeah, exactly. We need to focus on making sure they understand like why we're doing this. Right. You know, I think he says like, show them what we're all about, our way of life. We don't need to like train them, train them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and while this is going on, Octavia's kicking ass. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and Anders said, Anders says he wants them to believe and fight for the cause rather than for each other. And that's, that's a huge thing. An overarching theme of the hundred is that our characters do everything anything and everything they will move the heavens and and the earth to like make sure each other survives mm -hmm. and that's not what the disciples are all oh about. yeah no They're the complete antithesis yeah yeah so anders realizes this and says that's where we're at this is where we need to go in terms of yeah. where their heads are at i'm slowly coming around to levin not being a bad guy <laughs> slowly all right. all right quick question for you guys though because why did we spend a scene earlier in this season that one of Bellamy's only two or three scenes of the entire season on the arc or the, uh, the ring, right? It wasn't the arc. Was it, it was called? when they're in space in the yeah, ring. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Um, like they're having the conversation and then like Bellamy tells echo that her weakness is loyalty, but it feels like that just got, that gets so undermined with echo just so easily jumping into the disciple mindset is it because bellamy is dead that this catalyst happened bingo yeah okay i think that's where her loyalties were she was never like what's her relation to hope what's she tried to kill octavia before and i guess they've all reconciled and become like allies but her loyalty was to bellamy correct me if i'm wrong and and let's not say like i literally said and i think luke agreed a couple episodes ago that the octavia and echo scene was just not what we wanted and right. it was it was very awkward, awkward and yeah 100 percent. so i i agree with what you're saying you know bellamy's gone she can have loyalty but now it's probably going to be to the wrong side or to the right side we we don't even know where well, yeah. stands in the grand That's scheme, true. But they have to be bad guys but uh, they make we some good know. points we don't know if they didn't have bill with them there would be way more in an yes, open exactly. door that said yeah. that they could yeah. be good, you know? We'll probably like talk about that Bill a little later. And his, but... and his desire for the judgment day wasn't a thing because of last episode, I mm -hmm. would literally have walked away from this episode being like, there's a chance that 100%. it's Bardo going to be versus Shade Hata, like Bardo and Squad mm -hmm. versus Shade Hata. But I, now I'm getting back to, I don't know how that's all going to fit right. and what's going to get resolved first. And I mean, they've made, and we'll get into this later, but they made Shade Hata so strong now with J.R. Bourne and, and at the end of this episode that we don't want to just brush them off anymore. I mean, I thought that I, like, I thought I read before the season started that the Sanctum stuff would be done early and we would just be full on anomaly and that's it. Well, obviously it's nine episodes in and we're doing a lot of shade hate stuff on the side. Well, now he's got, he's getting stronger and stronger. Real not, quick though. I thought you did say when we talked about it before that it, they didn't say we get wrapped up quickly, but I thought they said that they weren't going to spend like a lot of time there, meaning like it would be spread out. I, I, thought i read that it was just like brush it off get it out of the way and then anomaly is end game that's what i like okay. and anomaly still is end game but like i just thought shade hater would be gone by now i'm at the point where if shade hater is gone next episode i'm pissed oh at. i agree like, now now you can't do that now you can't it's too right. far gone like he needs to play a part 
if not in the the climax of the the, the pre you know like the the penultimate yeah. right well the, all the sanctum conflict is kind of coming to a head we're kind of wiping out factions nobody's been wiped out I mean, I, I, I guess better way we're consolidating factions. Well, the faithful, faithful. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's, let's talk yeah. about. I guess we'll talk about that later. But yeah, yeah, Trey yeah. was not there. Wow, uh, good point. Trey's still there around, but you know, whatever. We'll get into that later. What'd you say? All my homies hate Trey. All my homies <laughs> do hate Trey. I can't we think of a single person that likes changing. Trey. We go yeah. from loving to hating Gabriel, but our hatred for Trey is always going to remain. So we got off on a on a little tangent here, but to bring it back to Bardo. Um, the next scene is starting the fear simulations, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a cool idea. I mean, they're so technologically advanced, it makes sense that they would be able to do this. But the first one we see is it's Dioza, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're back on the, the Skyring log cabin. Um, and Anders comes in. There was a, it looked like a grounder. Almost. Yeah, I, I had or written down it was grounder. Children of Gabriel, it kind of looked more like that. Yeah, wearing a mask. would and... know them, not what a good point, yeah. like uh but anyway something like that comes in tries to take a baby hope and then anders comes in and just takes baby hope and says she'll be watched not by two eyes but by thousands essentially saying we're taking your baby hope to become a disciple um and dioza reacts to that negatively yes yeah we don't need to spe- there's not too much it, that to take away from this except to just know that they're conditioning them. right and they're exactly. just saying like yeah you know equate the society of humanity and on Bardo as over individual needs. And that's right. pretty much, you know, she fails. Like yeah. she wakes up right after this scene, you know, and, and he gives Levin, her the, the punishment gives her the rundown a little bit. Mm-hmm. He tells them that if they fail, they'll be set to penance one by one. Right. Grow old and die. Grow old and die. And so I ju- suggest you commit to the training or you'll lose your sanity and your life. And that's yeah, just I mean, a savage threat. Yeah. Oh my, I mean, yeah. Well, they hold all the cards. It's literally two days for them is yeah. ten years for you. So it's like Jesus, man. Like that's a real threat. They are giving um a pretty long leash, though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I keep going back. They a lot of what they're making some good makes points. A lot of sense. <laughs> I think I said it in the it's last. Just episode. Bill, it's just Bill, like, man. It really is like, and he hasn't even done anything yet that's made us. Yeah, just from, from the their prequel. perspective, right, that exactly. they have done like that they shouldn't. The I only, guess they know that he burned back. The only it, thing that he's done. The only thing that he's done is. I guess last episode or the end of the two episodes ago, he tells Clark straight up, you think I burned Becca kind of lying, you know, you know, trying to spin it when we know he did, unless the prequel was some kind of wrong version of it, you know? I would hate that. It can't be. So yeah, he definitely did it and he's trying to spin it. Yeah. It wasn't me that burned her. It was my son, Reese. (laughs) Technically. Is that, yeah, he does the whole, is that what you heard? Like, is that what you think? Yeah, you know. which I thought you Call were right. Back. I thought they were going to spin it in a way where he didn't do that, but he totally did. He did, anyway. yeah. yeah. But all right, so this next scene is wild. The yeah, this was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just after it pretty much just skips over to like a little bit of a, a lab. You can tell it's in Bardo. Um, you see all this technology around, and right away you could just see all these little like um fetuses, these fetuses being yeah. grown in these in these clear tubes, just Ugly like in, you know, just floating there. Um. And dude, it was wild just hearing them start going into the details of like, you know, this is how the society on Bardo works. Like this is how we've been doing it for a thousand years since the shepherd brought us over here. And Levitt had the best quote. He said, the fact that looking at Dioza, the fact that you gestated in your mother, or I'm sorry, addressing hope, the fact that you gestated in your mother's body is equally as strange to us as the way that we're doing it. Like what you're saying, seeing here is 
What a quote. That is yeah. Yeah. such a good quote. It's just mm-hmm. infinitely more efficient. And I mean, it, Andres follows it up by saying, like, we're not like no one gets laid up for nine months, like yeah. just holding a baby inside of them. And Diosa kind of quips at hope, like, yeah, you kind of mess my kidneys yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. There's no negative effects on the woman or the child. They can they can detect birth birth defects early on and monitor them and they said they, they even them. fix them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like it's perfect the population way they did control. It, it's like, you know what, I, I could be about this. <laughs> I mean, it, I wasn't expecting this at all, but it makes so much sense. The back, like the 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 lore around the uh, the disciples, just got so much better this right. episode. And yeah. you know, like the bottom line was the whole point that they didn't want selfish bonds between the parents and children because you need to put humanity over your own individual. Needs yeah, like right. this was one hundred percent aimed at Dioza. I feel like Octavia, Hope, and Echo can like think about it. Like, okay, this kind of makes sense. But I feel like yeah. this specific performance is definitely drilled right at Dioza and she plays along perfectly at the end whether she means to whether she's like trying to just go along with the game or she actually agrees when she says like you know like they don't have any parents and then Anders again for the second time this episode counters with you know everyone is their parent and then Mm -hmm. Dioza says so they don't get selfish bonds and Anders is like exactly so do you think that this was like a politically crafted ploy or was this part of levitt convincing anders to show him their way of life because i think it's the second one i think it's the latter yeah, yeah. I, he understood they don't need yeah. training training like while you're saying that they're, they're they aimed at the Oz, i think it was more just to be literally show them everything see where their mindset yeah. is i don't know i i still think it's calculated a lot it towards be, Oza. again that that plays yeah. into the long i mean because we just saw we only see dio's fear simulator right? right and it's all about the baby and yeah sacrificing your baby to be a part of the collective so and this is the same exact thing again and she answers a lot differently than she did in the fear simulator another cool thing too is he said uh i forget the number but he said yeah we have 25 one for each disciple that you and your friends have killed right um and octavia says well if you can just churn fetuses out like this why not just craft yourself a perfect army um, and he said limited resources. So even the disciples, as technologically advanced as they are, are still fighting an uphill battle. They can yeah. only have so many people. Thomas Malthus is fist pumping in his grave right now. Thomas Malthus? Yeah, yeah. a little, little uh, social science joke for you there. <laughs> <laughs> little Thai music for you. Speaking of social <laughs> science, moving on to the classroom next. Yeah, right? yeah to preschool. And this scene, I have a major complaint about Hope. But basically, yeah. we're, we do get a cool line before Anders is just – it paves over to Anders talking to a group of new children seeming in, like, a classroom with our whole – what did you call them earlier? Our, uh, the group of girls, the, the Bardo oh, girls. Levitt's Angels. Bardo girls, yeah. Levitt's Angels are in the Levitt's back. Angels? Yes, yeah, yeah, Levitt's Angels. Angels. <laughs> that. Oh, it's phenomenal. I've been waiting to fucking bring oh, that up and use god. it. So, yeah. Oh, my god. I'm glad you but, did. Uh, the first thing that he actually asked the students is he's talking about um, Etheria, which is actually the last planet within the um, circle first, of... No way. First yeah. time they name drop it, I'm pretty sure, yeah. except for seeing it on... Like, people knew on about it, and we yeah, knew yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. but it's the first name drop. Yep. So what they say... We don't get much about it, but what they do say is the mountain was very tall and very scary, but the shepherd was brave and wise. So nothing, basically, but... A lot of people think think that if this planet's going to be introduced, it could be where Bellamy is or like where he was sent potentially. Right. And there was a rumor people thinking that the white light could have sent them to Ethereal, which we all would agree that white light is different than green. It's not that kind of travel. So, but I mean, we can totally cross that off now. But I mean, that was I was reading it on like the Reddit and different things that people thought that that might be where because Becca they went. because they know about Ethereal, right. right? Okay, yes. yeah. 
This is kind of gets a little gears turning when we have been discussing a little earlier of like how many times has Bill been woken up? Like, it's this when they just woke him up. Is that the first time he's been woken since he went to sleep? It couldn't be because right. he yeah. said the first thing he said was you again, you again. Okay, good point. Recognizing I'm just Anders. thinking like it could did, be like the did third they first? Time, yeah, did they first land on this planet with the mountain? Have they traveled there like after they landed? I'm just I guess a little curious. Yeah, I don't like it's crazy too because like. The, the making of the babies or whatever wouldn't be a technology that they had at that time for for the shepherd or Bill. Yeah, no. Uh, I feel like would, neither would cry. And they it. say oh, that yeah. it was the shepherd's idea, so I don't know if he just gave them his values and they figured it out themselves or if he's been awoken certain times throughout the thousand years or whatever it is. Yeah, it I, definitely was an attack on Earth because they said we just hit, like, what, 11 billion people in the, in the back yeah. of the pilot. Yeah. I think that what you were saying, what you were asking is if Bill has been basically instilling his teachings right. into the people. I think he set up like a hard stop in the beginning and put it in motion. And then, you know, like they probably praised him being in the cryo chamber so much. Like literally Anders treated him like a God. Like right. he probably had that instilled in the right people to the point where it was religion. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that if you're just going through a wormhole into a place where you have no idea what's good, it's probably like, Hey guys, like, chill with the fucking until we figure out what's going on here yeah. yeah right and can you imagine just being frozen for that many years and just assuming that everyone's still gonna follow you you're gonna wake up and everyone's like you're my boy you're still yeah. the shepherd and Worked also out. like all the people that came from earth knew nothing about the way they got there really besides the method of the portal like we saw that like they probably knew nothing about so they just attribute yeah, no. oh he's the one that made this happen impossible yeah. so like oh, that's it scumbag becomes, yeah, like, yeah. he sauntered right up and, and just went boop 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 he boop, just boop, took boop. it to a new level and probably solidified his reputation so hard in the first generation that it set the standard of their way of life yeah and then now i mean these kids are 100 percent in mm-hmm. well yeah look at the culture that he's instilled that they get them to buy in really young i mean this was a preschool that they're in but the other part of the school scene that we get is, you know, just emphasizing keep your emotions under control or they're they're going to control you. Um, and then Anders leads them in a breathing exercise. The shepherd brings us calm. The shepherd brings us wisdom. The shepherd brings us love for all mankind. Um, and that's really all we get. It's just emphasizing this keep your emotions under control. You're, you got to have a straight face when you're a disciple. This was honestly a little uncomfortable to watch after the backdoor pilot episode mm-hmm. seeing that they're have these little kids praising bill in this way when what we've seen from bill is just kind of he's a cocksmack right yes he really is yeah i mean <laughs> like what we see from him is that like he just wants to be this savior more than he has the, you know i guess you could say like the correct tools or the correct right. personality to be a savior and now all these generations removed these people are just chanting his name basically yeah, and this is Luke where you're saying, you know, with Hope, you know, she's appalled. She's pretty much like this is major brainwashing. And she you know? should have, yeah, it's just the way she did it though. Like she didn't, did she really have to act out oh, by no, just not yeah. closing her eyes? Like yeah. that was what was too much yeah, for her to right. do to buy her another day of unsuspicion. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're just raising these flags. Andrew's yeah. She takes another L, it. yeah. It's like, come on, Hope. Yeah, and then, you know, when Hope says the brainwashing thing, Echo says that these kids, meaning the ones that were in front of them, had it better than she ever did. So that's like the first hint that she's yeah. totally buying in. And we're starting makes to buy in. Sense. And uh, the more I think about the fact that they have to, we have to assume that they think Bellamy's dead. Like it, it, it makes her personality a little bit more malleable. Yeah. But it's just weird. I mean, shit. It's just... She's been so stubborn in her own way. Like 
in a way I liked, I respected it about her personality and it feels like she just kind of jumping ship because of Bellamy, but it, we keep talking. I mean, her loyalty to Bardo could be the weakness at the end of the season. I guess. I mean, and I don't want to jump ahead, but Hope literally says to her, you're just looking for someone new to follow. And I mean, Echoes of Warriors, that's, you know. That's like the next, next scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We're done yeah. With, There's yeah. nothing else yeah. really that comes so, from yeah. the scene. Uh, Levitt's Angels are just in their holding <laughs> cell, I guess. Um, and the only talking points that come out of this one is they all essentially sit Hope down and are just like, girl, you got to get it under control. Like, yep. You are just acting up way too much. This is not the time or place for doing it. And I want to comment on that, like, look at the other characters they have all been like they're all seasoned warriors they've been in circumstances where they've had to keep their cool yep hope has never done that she has only been a kid alone on beta for her entire life she has not had this and she almost slipped up by trying to assassinate uh, Ander, Anders, Anders. Yeah. yeah episode welcome to bardo and echo had to run through a crowd chase her down and be like are you out of your fucking mind yeah. hope like yeah, this I guess I guess the the hints of her being unstable and not calculated and irrational was early, and I didn't. Yeah. I kind of yeah, forgot I mean, about yeah. that. I mean, Dioza beats the shit out of her, basically. Yeah, in literally. The episode. Even the yeah. scene where Dioza is like, "Listen," because Hope wanted them to just walk in the room, attack. Who cares what happens? Dioza's yeah. like, "We need to figure this shit out." <laughs> she, she, I genuinely believe she's just not experienced. Like, look at what Octavia's been through. Look at what Dioza's yeah. been through. Look You're at right. what. Like, yeah, she I thinks mean, she can just punch her way out of everything. They just immediately know the stakes and understand that they just gotta play the game right. And hope is, I keep going back. Well, to that's the... the vibe you get from Octavia and Dioza, because like you're saying, Jimmy, like Echo's dropping more permanent hints vibes. that she's okay, actually yeah, true, bought in. True. Yeah, yeah, and like Hope's 25 years old ish, you know, but she's not 25 years old wisdom and experience wise. You know, she doesn't have any kind of like you said, experience or wisdom, most of her life has just been sitting on a planet either by herself with two people, one person, yeah. you know. So, so it makes sense that yeah. she's a little crazy. So moving on in Bardo, anything else on that scene in the cell? No, man, next thing is training session part two. Yeah, and mm. they're in the armory. It's uh, Levitt and his angels in the armory. I just love saying <laughs> no, we're it. we're going to keep using that. Yeah. It's amazing. So, uh, and right away, Octavia is getting fitted for these, like, cybernetic gloves that operate based on muscle contractions. Levitt's just saying, in time, you guys are going to be able to use all of this dope weaponry. Yeah. He says something to Octavia, like, it's not as cool as a sword, yeah. but... Yeah, you know, yeah like, beast. So no, no, not a beast. Not a beast. Give me some Not a beast. Give me a high-tech sword to go with octavia's character man oh, oh true one. she has like a, an electric Lightsaber. sword like uh like <laughs> yes. sasuke uses in naruto that'd be pretty sick yeah, yeah they do uh... that's the one i actually thought at first yeah like that thin blade that's the same width as like the hilt yeah they do a 360 and i think it was echo maybe asked like are we going to get to use some of those and yeah. it's just like the walls are lined with guns and like every weapon I hope uh, takes a liking have, to the flamethrower yes yeah, specifically the flamethrower um and then there's a closed door with a biohazard before sign. that before we that? do get an important that's where we get the important line that levitt says to hope like why do or i think i think it's hope that says like why do you need these flamethrowers and levitt chirps back saying we don't know what we're fighting we yeah. don't know what this is what art spawned our whole conversation earlier was this exact quote saying like we don't know what's what killed the first part. We need part to be ready for anything. Yeah. And this is the whole thing. Like, is are they really about to introduce a new species? Because like that, that sounds like such a big undertaking. Yeah, for please, Jason, episodes. don't do it. But if they're not, then like 
what is what is happening? Like, is all of this a play just to get to literally brainwash their core just to get Clark? So let me ask you a question. You know, a little bit. I mean, you asked a question. I'm going to ask you one right back. So in a second, like in a little bit in the scene, they show the door that has the uh, the, the warning sign on it saying biohazard. And they say, this is Gem 9. This is the substance that wiped out the planet. Mm-hmm. Are you fully in right now, all of you guys, that they were wiped out before the shepherd showed up? Or, are, or would you be open to the fact that they did that to the planet? I'm as in. part of a plan if that's the whole big thing you know like like i keep saying the long con like if this was all like some misconstrued plan that's a good part of it is that that would be a lie that would have had to be a lie because then that just explains away there is no third species it was us that killed them and took over the planet basically mm-hmm. yeah for that but i mean i guess i could also play into like bardo the bardoans final war was against mankind that mankind will eventually have to fight their final war. But at the same time, it's like the whole, like the climate of the planet is ruined. Do you think that they had the power to do that? We don't know that I it mean, was ruined by them. It could have just been an uninhabitable planet that just had these chemicals in the atmosphere. It was prone to lightning. Yeah. It's just, but so then, and they just have to the live disciples didn't. Oh, they, okay. It, right. So maybe they, they didn't cause out it, but, but the they just are saying that potentially because it was they they said that the the structures were built there before the magic wand that they used to read the code was there before all this technology so yeah that's a good point i mean basically what because you could think about it like this if there's if you can only live underground there's even more limited resources between two species you're gonna one of you is gonna go yeah that could be it and they won and they pushed them out but we could be overthinking. There's only so many episodes left, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There could Again, be though, yeah, there's only species. so many episodes left. God damn it. We would need a season eight. I don't even know how to theorize about this. These are all, like, very viable things. If it were personally up to me, I don't know how there could be an overlap with these 10-foot Bardoans and how humanity would be able to, like, immediately teleport to this unfamiliar planet understand the situation and then be able to commit genocide against these technologically advanced giants i don't buy that so i don't unless they had this bio weapon beforehand right but i i don't think which we didn't see any hints in the prequel right right. i don't think this small cult had the facilities to yeah bill bill's a smooth talker yeah i mean i just wanted to ask the question i don't really necessarily believe it either because this is end game this is end end yeah there's gonna be something crazy that happens so i am still like i think that's very viable that it could be a red herring but i am still thinking there's probably a third entity out there whether it's a species or something well i think it's obvious now that it's not a human it's not a human subspecies because they keep saying like the whole thing, humanity, like yeah. humanity's last yeah. war. Like she, he, they're even including, it's not like the Bardo and the disciples last war because they include Octavian echo as saying mm-hmm. humanity. So just, I don't know for a series finale. Like I just can't imagine I would care about some random species showing up to be the big bad with what seven episodes left. Yeah, I don't know. We'll but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, they we'll could do it. I mean, they made us love Levitt and Hatch in a couple mm-hmm. episodes, and they can make, make us hate someone else in a couple, so okay. who knows. We good on this this theorizing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Levitt also reveals that after years of studying, they've isolated the substance that wiped out the Bardoans. Uh, they call it Gem 9, and the what little they have would be enough to wipe out everyone on Bardo. So they are packing mm-hmm. some serious heat with this bio weapon. 
Um, and then the next scene is kind of the the gun game. The blindfolded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Test. So just context. They're paired up. Uh, the shooter is blindfolded, has to hit a bullseye, uh, only being directed by their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, the angels with some random scrubs, the old right. scrubs are their partners. Scrubs is um, kicked. Echo immediately asks are these guns lethal? Anders says no. They all take their first shot. Echo just turns her gun to the left, takes out the other angels, and then hits the bullseye. Essentially, just, says, It's just more solidif- solidification yeah. that she's in. And Anders is in, Anders, too. Anders says, perfect control. This is how we win. Yeah. Echo says, I win. He knew exactly why she was asking, too. And Levitt's Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so that's good. There wasn't and really that much. The to only read other into. thing, quick thing that you see in that scene, real quick, is when Octavia falls, Levitt quickly yes. jumps to her mm-hmm, side, right. and then there's this quick flash over to Anders mm-hmm. where he notices that you don't, you know, they interacted like that. So me and Kathleen were talking right before this episode, and it's like, was that because you think that Anders is saying like, get close to Octavia? Yeah, he's thinking, sure good job, he, soldier. Doing this, uh. or he's saying like. Why are you getting close to her? You yeah. know, you're not. That's like, literally like, are you on the, which side? Are you yeah, on? exactly. Like, that's, that's the question. You on? Because the question. I, I'm taking it right now as you're not supposed to get close to anyone. He's saying, what's your deal? From what we know of the way this society is structured, a level 11 should not be pulling that shit. I right. think a level 11 is so far along that the expectation is no, they would not show that kind of emotion. Yeah. So I think it was a negative. Anders is saying, Bro, yeah and okay. the more i think about it is also i don't think they would give someone that type of mission because the risk of giving someone that type of mission is they break from the collective and yes. actually fall for the person they're supposed to yeah, co- yeah, everyone else is not completely explains the transition to the next scene of right. which goes right hey. into Levitt going to octavia's yeah. quarters at the end of the night um and he kind of just walks in they do their little you know you knew what the deal was as yeah soon as this oh happened. yeah like as soon as she he took a step in and she went over and closed the door i was like all right this is going down he's not right. wearing no! the glasses dude. he's not wearing the glasses he's ready yeah he's off the clock yeah he's off the clock <laughs> uh he does a little you know um work better at keeping emotions under control you're up best a level two he says yeah. something like that they have an exchange they bang yeah, I mean, he's, he starts them. off trying to give her a warning, and she's like, that's not why you're here, bro. Yeah, <laughs> she knows. And it, if it wasn't obvious, bang, if it wasn't bang, obvious bang, yet. Bang, 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 If it wasn't obvious yet, this scene is what actually, like, words confirms the fact that levels have absolutely nothing to do with your combat ability. So even if you're, like, a high level 11, level 12, like Anders and Levitt, like, you don't have to have a fighting ability because they already know how strong these three are and they're saying like they're only a level two so it's clearly just about their whole criteria about how much control you have mental fortitude and love and and dedication to the disciples because we originally thought it was just like you're born you're level one and then you become level two and then three because i feel like because we were thinking like does everyone have a level and they do are all the kindergarten kids one or they were they two? Yeah, I would guess you're they, level one. Yeah. So they were in the same were class. They in, were they in the room when they they were in no, the training partners were in the room when they were getting promoted coming up, right? Yeah. But not the kids, right? No, I can't no. remember. Okay. Okay. That would have um, been funny. Back to the that would have been scene. awesome. Do we get any information before we get a little bit, right? Like, well, well, they deliberately show us right. the tattoo on the Yeah, Kathleen back. wanted us to bring that up too. They yeah. show her full back with the tattoo. I mean, could just be, you know, showing us a little well, skin, it, but it'll be important. But what yeah, happens at the end of the again, episode. fully, you know, 
zooming in on the the tattoo with hopes code and um i'm a little jumping the gun here but the reason i think that the writers decided to do that was or i guess the you know director decided to do that was i think we're going to get a couple maybe even next episode or the episode after they might reuse her code to pull hope from penance yeah like it was just i mean it was a cool throwback but why waste the time to make yeah, I, 100%. to do that because honestly you really don't get anything out of the scene besides a little bit of that and like i said like the level two thing i got really a lot out of it i mean yeah speak for yourself <laughs> yeah, on that one we got a hookup that's a lot dude people um, went the nuts to have the first while. sex in what two seasons maybe at least this season i don't uh, know more, season we, six i guess we see a maury and murphy a little post-coital yeah post-coital, yeah and I'm or always prequel, <laughs> <laughs> just totally just hitting us at the lines. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Better than Parks and Rec. So we go with the uh, with the sex scene. Yeah. yeah, let's move on, please. Cool. <laughs> so, Kyle's upset. Last scene we have our uh, Levitt's angels, and this is this is their final test that's been hyping up. Oh, and in the sex scene, Levitt did say, "Final test is coming up. You have to pass." This. Right. That so, was the warning he starts yeah, with. If yeah. If you fail this you know you're not and you got to pass this um but yeah so essentially what this final test we find out is each of the four girls get run through a simulation wherein they are being presented with an escape opportunity and one of the other well always hope, hope yeah for hope it is dioza for everybody else it is hope essentially knocks on their cell door and says, hey, I stole a flamethrower. Let's just burn the oxygen. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. And all of them are kind of <laughs> questioning it, but are walking along. I think we get it first from the point of view of Echo. Echo. Yeah, this is what made it more believable than anything yes, else. definitely. I felt, I knew it was a simulation way before. Yeah, like, yeah Before I they agree. even walked outside mm-hmm. because of the conversation she was having, Echo and, uh, Echo and, hope we're having was yeah. because it w- if that conversation was real i was my notes like you could see me i'm losing my mind i'm like <laughs> yeah. this is on yeah. stupid I, 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 I will not agree with that fully only because i was in in my defense we had had a commercial break and then a sanctum scene <laughs> and then we dove into this so i was like what the I hell mean, i literally wrote down i can't tell who's crazy and who isn't am i crazy yeah that's by <laughs> that's by design with that commercial break yeah oh yeah perfectly done yeah oh, i just have simulation question mark is my yeah well the point. second that echoes or i guess uh hope's simulated version said like to echo like oh we can't go get dios and octavia like they're already in i was like okay well echo yeah. two scenes ago just said i'm in right. and then walked out of the room i was like okay this yeah. is fake this is fake and then the knife through the neck i was like game over i had a huge eye roll when hope was like we have to save them from themselves i was like it's like the most unbelievably ironic and like stupid line someone could that well yeah, yeah, that, yeah i guess yeah. i should have known at that point so as as these all play out uh echo octavia and dioza all kill hope in the scenario which is passing the test so (laughs) they save all of bardo at the expense of you know someone near and dear to them but in hope simulation it is dioza with the flamethrower um and I believe she is trying to stop her until she says, well, what about Gabriel, Octavia, and Echo? To which Dioza says, they're waiting for us at the stone. And then Hope's like, all right. I bet. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I took it like she wasn't necessarily trying to stop her. She was kind of just being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the plan here? What are we yeah, doing? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, they're right. Yeah. How can Turn I help? Turn shit down. Yeah, Hope's like, just tell me. I'll help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but with those simulations, like, I mean, I guess we'll start getting into it with, you know, who we think is actually in, who's faking. I would have liked to see if this is the case. Like, I don't believe Theoza or Octavia are in. I believe they're playing their part because they know that this is the part they have to play to survive. Like they've been telling Hope this whole episode. I would have liked, if that's the case, a little bit of a like, you know, some kind of like maybe quick thing where Dioza or Octavia realize it's a simulation, not necessarily like say, oh, this is a simulation, but kind of be like, oh, this seems weird or something. I can't believe even if she's, if she doesn't know it's a simulation, there's no way Dioza puts a freaking knife through Hope's face. Or no, neck. you're absolutely right. But I think it would have been lazy and too obvious if they put a quip. It, if, they, if they put something in those scenes that were obvious enough for us to pick up on it and talk about yeah. it right away, it's like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing here? Because at the end, they do something so subtle that we're going to talk about it that I think that was their version of saying, confirming yeah, exactly what you're that's, saying. That's true. And the fact that it was so subtle that we're going to talk about it it could not be that, you know, right. which I think is a better yeah. decision. By I feel like Octavia, like Dioza's like fool me once, like shame on me, fool me twice, won't get fooled again. Right. You know, it's like, I don't think that they were going to get her again. Like right. she kind I, of right. was, not. she was pretty up with the times at this point was like, I don't think she actually thought she was killing. Her. Cause I also yeah. brought this up that if Dioza did not know that that was a simulation and killed hope like that, that was a whole waste of an episode with the backstory episode two, when we got the whole Octavia and Dioza for 10 years with hope. It's like, what was the point? You softened her up a little bit. You should, you made her care about something other than herself just to say she would be willing to kill her for Bardo. Yeah. Three months. Of All it took was it's some like, babies yeah. and some jars. 100%, I think Octavia and, and Dioza hundred percent knew they were in simulations. They would never yeah. kill hope. Yeah. Right. Also Octavia's like the way she killed her seemed a little more like kind and like reluctant right, than like, like just whipping the knife into her neck. It is weird. It's oh, very accurate, weird too man. that they chose for Echo and Dioza to have the same exact kill sequence and then Octavia was different and then so yeah. the fight is over and you know Yeah, true. She also did say that. Yeah, I'm not sure why they made the two of them the same and Octavia different. Kill shot. Oh my god, yeah, hell yeah. Thrown the knife. Throw that knife, baby girl. But anyway, yeah. So Echo, Echo, Dioza, and Octavia all pass. Hope fails, and then we get kind of a graduation scene where Anders says, Congratulations, everybody. Echo, you were the star student. Uh so your you know, reward is you get to choose how we punish hope. And Echo says they're all level twos, by the way, like the whole graduation. It seems like Anders is well, we've now seen it in two cases. Anytime there's a graduation ceremony between going up a level, he's there. Because the first time we saw it was for the level nine ceremony, which seemed like a bigger deal, more people, mm. public, versus yeah. this yeah. one just being like, all right, you guys passed the yeah. elementary also, school. Also, no roll call at that because they just saw them in the hallway. It was like, get over here, you yeah. fucking scallywags. <laughs> We're graduating. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I just think that, I really, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, think that Echo is fully built in. That's what we have to talk okay, about. Okay, so yeah, so. a lot here. Go ahead, Brian. Finish your sentence, Brian, where Echo pretty much gives out her punishment saying. Echo gives Hope five years on penance. Right, we have to break her spirit, she says. Um, and immediately, well, not immediately, she gets dragged away and Dioza and Octavia. She starts freaking out because she, she realizes it's real. Like, right. this is a, yeah. This is a, this is something that if this doesn't get resolved on Bardo and within a day I'm literally losing years. Off and what life. Luke said, like that just again, makes her more stupid to this episode. Just like having the, she's literally just like fighting back, fighting back, fighting back. And now it's real. And she's freaking out. Yeah, like, yeah, you didn't know that. Like, and honestly, Echo's right. 
she ain't going to do it again. If she has to spend five years in solitude, like <laughs> I, I'm fine with that. I could, hope I was think, being dumb. Hope I think was part being of dumb. it, honestly, though, it. directly answering you, Jimmy, is that I think the alone part is what freaked her out because oh, yeah. I think she was like, let's all rebel. Let's all go back to penance together over doing this. Okay. That's a good yeah. Point. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did she? She expects the angels to just break rank and just start beating the shit out of people and others to like bust out of there. <laughs> well, of, they could. Just, yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they've shown it, but she just doesn't think anything through. Yeah. So when this happens, we have Dioza and Octavia giving a look. Yeah, subtle look. Right. I mean, they can't show emotion, but they do give the look that uh, that. They're shooting her daggers. Yeah, that's what we want to talk about. Because Is it obvious that they're sh- that they were shooting her daggers, though? To I would me, say yes. to me, yes. So that's the that, question. Okay. Now, if they're shooting daggers, that means that this whole time that Octavia and Dioza were just playing the part, which is which is good that's that fine that, that's, that's good fine for I now no yeah. with that there's no, what would be the reason there's no plan that would work with echo saying saying take center dependence so i am on the side that she's becoming loyal to the second yeah Bolt, also i mean we talked about echo doesn't Cycles. know about octavia's tattoo does she so she doesn't know she has a quick escape it's not an escape it's a pool it's a pool hope to you well yeah which would be an escape from penance for hope Oh, for hope, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. Oct- I mean, Echo, I don't think is privy to that as I mean, a possible she, they plan. They spent a couple long time together. Yeah, in the cell. I guess yeah, it could be all screen. Could have been showing a little skin. All True. Screen. I don't. Uh, I don't. And also, Echo, ha- yeah. Echo has somewhat of like a self-satisfied look on her face. Let's do the mind of what you think she's doing a plan. Because let's do. No, the I think exercise. she honestly feels good that Hope got punished. I and think now she's, she's going to spend some I time. I think she's yeah. loyal to the disciples. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, let's let's do a quick mind exercise of what what it means if Echo actually is saying Hope, you need a slap on the wrist. I think it's like I'm ready for her to have the worst death ever. I'm I'm done with her. Like there's no redeeming her. I don't care if Bellamy comes back and she's like, I'm so sorry. It's like you just no. I, I for a quick second because we've been shitting on Hope. I thought you were talking about Hope <laughs> until you dropped Bellamy, and I was like, is he talking about? Hope? I, I just don't know how Echo's redeemable if this is real. Like I don't think there's a way, in my opinion. Maybe she's not. I, you know, I, I think that Bill Hope's Lark? thing. Bellark's going to happen now? Zachary's going to die, and then Clark and Bellamy are going to bang. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I like that. <laughs> I think that Hope's thing where she said that Echo's just looking for someone to follow and the whole thing about her loyalty being a weakness, I still, I think she's a soldier. I think she was loyal to Bellamy, and, and I mean, they were on, they were on penance for five years together, but I just honestly think that Echo wants to just forget everything, not, not have any feelings, buy right into that disciple and, you know, be a part of it, you know, not, not have to deal with anything else, be a loyal soldier again. I mean, maybe I just, I just, I'm not know. saying I, I don't like know it. what's going to happen if Bell, when Bellamy comes back, it's just like, am I going to accept Echo back into one crew, binge crew? Like, I just don't, I don't think, I think it's over. I mean, if, if this is true, then the ultimate situation is going to be Echo's on the other side. We hate her. Bellamy shows up. She turns back. Like you said, do we accept her? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that oh, at yeah. all. Sith talks in absolutes, Luke. <laughs> Irredeemable. It's only episode nine, bro. 
Slow your roll. Gabriel okay. was almost your demon. We're I think we're, that we're Bardo storyline, right? Yes, we are done with the Bardo storyline. Let's switch gears back to Sanctum, and it's a completely different ballpark over there. Nikki Every, Bang Bang. Shit's starting to hit the fan even more. Shit has just been—they've been throwing more shit at the fan in Sanctum. It's amazing. I really like. It's that. actually fun. It's, it, it just feels fun. fun. There's because like, I care. The reason it's it's good is because I like Nelson, the who the leader of the Children of Gabriel. Nikki is. I've warmed up to her as like a character that oh, is yeah. causing good stuff, you know, entertaining stuff to happen. Shade Hayda can't get enough praise. You know, he's the man. Indra for Wan crew. And then we have Knight leading the, the you know, the no the banner, crew. the men. What was it? Men with no banners or whatever. What's the Game of Thrones thing? The, oh, yeah. The Brotherhood without, without Banners. banners. Yeah. They don't know. They're just waiting for the next leader, commander yeah, to right. pop up, which, you know, eventually happens, but. So to kick off the Sanctum storyline, we have Nikki Bang Bang at the mic, essentially just saying Russell, uh, Russell, Lightborn, Daniel Prime, and Raven Reyes meet us at the palace. Um, you have 20 minutes to do it. Otherwise, we're going to start killing hostages, starting with Amori slash Kaylee Prime. Yeah, and then and we that's get, where we're at. Yeah, we get a little bit. And then we get what almost a smash cut to Murphy and Jackson yeah. drinking in the saloon. Then kind of they hear the announcement. Yeah, so I want to ask that. That was something that was weird to me. So he's in the room with Shade Hayda, Russ Hayda, whatever you want to call him. He gets his face smashed into the chessboard and says, help. And they hear guns. And oh, great point. They literally hear guns, and he's saying that there's a plan going on to him. And then Murphy's just like, let me just go have a little drink at the saloon. Well, no, That's I a think great he, point. I think he heard the gun. What was we didn't see him barge in. At he the end of- he knows, but he knows that Kaylee Prime or or you know Amori is doing something, and they and he says the gun like the guns go off, and he goes oh shit, and Shade Hayes like all right now you can go. Yeah, and he like why would you run to the guns? Why the why do you go to the saloon to have a drink with Jackson? Have, but the second he realized that they had every single person on his side on their knees, surrounded by thirty people with guns, he probably backed off. Found an ally and we just have a drink, bro. <laughs> yeah, let's just settle down. And see what you have to say. Explain that. It's just yeah. He, yeah. he probably but, just saw the situation. Ah, whatever. So but Jackson stops Murphy from being rash, and it's just like, slow down. You're you're just one guy. We can't do anything unless we consolidate our power and, and figure. Oh, I something thought it was out. the opposite because wasn't wasn't Jackson saying like we got to rally the troops and do this because doesn't Murphy say like yeah. look, let's so, look what we Mur- have yeah. Murphy, Murphy says wet. the Murphy quote is try to rush oh no he tr- yeah he's yeah. ready to roll and then but then yeah it it is Mur- Murphy is the one that says I'm 150 pounds yeah he says here's like, what we're we working with more, you can't more play, muscle. Like, yeah. yeah they have a lot of guns one crew won't listen to us. I'm 150 pounds wet, and you can't fight to save your life. <laughs> he just lays it all out, and it's like he's making Luckily, good point. though, Indra comes through the door and says, I'm going for half a day, and the compound is surrounded with cogs and convicts. By the way, I love that Children of Gabriel is now just the cogs. Yeah. I like that they specified the half day because it just it just highlights so much. Like We're pretty much seeing almost everything that happens on Alpha like yeah. like hour by hour because – Stuff is happening so slowly compared to everything else. So it's really cool that they dropped that line because, you know. And weren't we wondering last episode where Andrew was? Or did we know? Well, she says. The first line of the episode tells you whatever. She says she's out looking for the others. Yeah, and she relays the information. All we found was bodies and blood at Gabriel's camp. None of our people, though. So she just relays. We don't know where they went, but. All the bad guys are dead. Yeah. I feel like that's got to be alarm bells. Like, they killed everyone and didn't come mm-hmm. back. But they, obviously, they don't mention that. But I'm just saying. 
And essentially the conclusion they come to is, well, like Murphy wants to give himself and Russ Hayda to Nikki. Indra does not want to release Shade Hayda at all costs, he says. So, yeah. But they wise up and don't they? Oh, maybe yeah. the next so that's, that's is next, going yeah. to see Russ, Russ Hayda, which do we Fantastic. have anything else? No, no, we're good. No. I, I, I just yeah. think the Mur- it's a nice little Murphy quote when Indra's like, he won't just volunteer. And then Murphy goes, then I guess we'll have to persuade the bastard. <laughs> the first scene we Murphy's get so in cool. the next, in the next, the first line we get from Russell, from Russ Hayda is just so good. He's just like chilling, laying on the bed. <laughs> he's just enjoying everything. <laughs> yes, he is. What does he say? Something like, he's like, ha, ah, so you let 30 people get captured or something yeah. like that. And he was just like, the way he delivers his lines, it just feels like he's always in control. He's super calm. And he's just confident as fuck. Yeah, everything's going according to plan. It's somehow, so good, shit's man. hitting the fan, but it's somehow going according to plan. I think Indra says, "You wanted chaos, you got it." Like this is what's going on, as if he didn't already know everything. He is so plugged in with what's going on in Sanctum. Yeah, because he's the one that set Nelson on Nikki's path. Like it's, it's a list. It's just like, yeah, but he somehow finesses it that even though he is their twenty-four-seven lockdown prisoner, he says. I won't go freely to Nikki without some conditions. And the three conditions he lays out are, or that he gets from Indra are protection from the faithful, which obviously Indra goes back on um, 20 minutes unguarded per day, which Indra previously took away from him and someone to play chess with. So do you think he's, do you think he's playing the strategy game when he says he needs, he needs protection from the faithful, knowing that she's going to leave him there to get attacked or killed later? Well, yeah, he laid out. I think he because he made the plan pretty yeah. much again, and he can always bring up, you know, like I mean, I don't know who's gonna. I'm obviously saying Gedek who's gonna believe him, but he can say like as soon know. as he speaks in their language, like yeah. I well, he could just bring up like Indra promised me protection, and she turned her back on me. Yeah, I think he actually wanted protection from them because he knew the second they found out he wasn't a prime, they were gonna react yeah. the way they did. Mm-hmm. Except he just kicks. The sh- well, whatever. <laughs> um, he also gives Indra. I guess a drawing that he found, but the tunnel under the palace that leads to the great hall, which I think we knew of from last season. That's where the original sanctum inhabitants hid from the, the toxins that make you go crazy. They would hide under the mm. tunnels, right? Okay. Is that a thing? So we knew that was a thing. But- yeah. Because remember the first, when they get the sanctum, no one's around because yeah. they're, they're, they have to start tying themselves exactly. up. And like, they come out. Right. right. Wow. That's yeah. I actually good. didn't yeah. catch that. Good catch. Um, and then, yeah, this is what leads me to believe that Russ is on their side, even though he says it kind of sarcastically. But the ending of this scene is Russ saying, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. He says, and then he, right before that, he said, like, yeah, I found something that might help us. Like, he, yeah. he, he yeah, starts putting him point. as a collective. Ah, still, he's I think he's spinning the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he like, sniffs it out, too. Intra yeah. knows what Shade Hata is and is never, ever, ever, ever going to yeah. trust no him way. no matter what he yeah. says. It's this a non-starter. is literally a plan that's been going on that he created in the last couple of hours or whatever. It's the only last, been like, like three days yeah. for him. And so literally everything that started from, you know, I guess, you know, Nelson, right? That would be the first piece to get Nelson and Nikki together. And then going through to get Kaylee to do her uh what is it reunification ceremony or yeah, yeah, the and then story. having Murphy not show up having Nikki take over and now he's going to show up you know cuz she's that's what she wants she wants Russell and then you know what we get to next I this might be a hot take but if they end Russell's arc the right way we're going to look back on this season and say he was by far the best written part of the entire season 
I and mean, very possible. I he agree. already is. Being they, yeah, a lot mostly right carried probably by the acting itself, but like also like the writers and the dialogue, which J.R. Bourne perfects them. It, yeah. He doesn't get to make them. Like it's still like we're praising him, but like he, the lines he's giving, the uh, way some of them could be portrays his, uh, Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But Alyssa like, can give show some you the way. The writers yeah. too, because his character just escalated. Like Jason put him on a pedestal at least as a fan it's I love impressive him. especially since we all kind of were all like oh shade hate X yeah. Yeah. last time, season man. yeah and now yeah. we we love when he's on it's a screen. crazy thing to have documented yeah. too because it's right. like i've never felt that way about a character and being able to look back on it mm-hmm. but we obviously we shit on him all over the beginning of the first preview maybe preview and, yeah. the first yeah. episode it was like 2003 and just yeah. more kudos to jr Bourne. i mean he was a completely different character last season <laughs> yeah yeah so before we go to the next sanctum scene, I do just love when he's asking for someone to play chess with, he looks at Indra and says, perhaps you're more formidable of an opponent. Indra just says, I don't play games. <laughs> oh, I just love me some Indra. She's playing a game right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Russ Ada is winning this game. Yeah, yeah definitely. He is. So the next one is Murphy and Russ arriving at the Great Hall to Nikki Bang Bang. Anybody? Anybody? So she is initially, she's cool since this is her whole story now, she's pissed that Raven isn't there. Right. So she basically is, does Murphy they step straight up, up she lie and up? they say Raven's at the second compound. She'll be back soon. Nikki's like, nah, not happening. And then he, she says, all right, well, I, not right away, but she says, all right, Amori's is going to take the place, you know, cause uh, Murphy and Russ step right up. Cause they're yeah. already part of it. Yeah. Cause Murphy steps up and says, looks, everybody's I'm not Daniel Lee. And then, well, that yeah, because Jer is in the back of the room, pissed off, because <laughs> he's like, "No way, Jer, our fucking boy, Jer, dude." <laughs> I love yeah. this. Like, no way. Yeah, he was pissed. I wanted to tweet that in our live tweet last night. Jer's just not having it, no, man. dude. This whole world's crashing down right now. And then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is Nelson getting what he wants, I guess, because he knows the whole deal, but that you know him joining nikki he says to murphy all right tell him your truth you know yeah let them know see how they act so murph yeah so and then amori steps up next murphy says yeah, yeah the place goes, starts going cray yeah um and then uh, russell says it but way cool yeah he saunters up too. he says he's russell- got a piano dark piano motif in the background <laughs> says, you know he's evil I'm russell so had all you convinced that he was a god if he was really a god why was it so easy for me to kill him and take his body i am not russell lightborn i wear his body as my Hoops. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Cool. Legend. That's he probably, so I mean, this is like the first time he's been really in the spotlight in a minute. I mean, he, he walks into the, the tent, the building, whenever, when he saves, yeah. saves Murphy. Right. But this time, I mean, he's on a stage and he is savoring every second he's of in his it. element. Yeah. I mean, him, him versus Bill in front of a crowd, dude. That's, oh, oh, true. Good point. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly it, cool if those are the, the factions. Ending. Yeah. It yeah. could be the war. It could be those two factions. But I don't know. Are we all on Bardo, I guess? I don't know. No I would way. like to see a little Russ Hate action on Bardo. I'm okay with that. Could you imagine the main characters are split on sides? That would be I, insane. I've got to tell you, I don't think the people at Sanctum have the facilities to take out Shade Hate. No. I don't think Andrew you have the facilities like, for that. Who else do they got? They have none of the, the A-team there. Yeah, There's going to be a collision with Shade Hate and some of the the OG characters like Clark and, and all that. I feel like, I feel like maybe like, is is there, is there anyone left on Sanctum right now that knows about the anomaly? Like that nobody even knows where anybody is on Clark's side. Right. Because Maddie, 
doesn't really know, but she's the only one who because, has somewhat of I mean, the only thing I could think of with Shade Hayda is that he figures out something about the anomaly and he wants to use that to be even bigger as, you know, like even... Well, anything, anything Maddie knows about the anomaly, Shade Hayda knows about the anomaly because he yeah. had the flame. So, like, it's True. in I mean, yeah, head. he could also be having the same visions that There's, she is. Absolutely, why not? Yeah. Because it, or do you think... I don't know if we've talked about this before. Are the symptoms, the are the visions, rather, a symptom of it getting ripped out of her head? That's what we're because so, it happened I mean, to both of them. The, the thing is that we don't have a sample size. You die. Yeah, there's no you, way to know. You take it out after you die, and the only yeah. people that have, yeah. like, it even Shade hated that happened to, yeah. but like now he's back. Yeah. We don't. That could be an explanation. Yeah, this is just all if theory. Shade hated does theory. know about yeah, it. Yeah, all theorizing, theorizing, but like, how if you're looking at, and we have seven episodes, so who knows? But you're looking at the uh, Sanctum story. You're looking at the Bardo story. What would make either side go back? To any other side like why would the bardo people go like meeting clark and them go back to sanctum with all the shit they got going on over there and why would the sanctum people go to bardo if they don't even know what's going on in bardo so like how old are they going to collide there's Is- no reason for the people of sanctum to ever go to bardo except for the o- the only reason would be is if they were united under one person that wanted to help clark and them right. that's the only reason they would leave there because bardo's less inhabitable and if they're not going to help the main characters that are there, there's no, there's no reason at all. All right, yeah. So then we're sitting there, and Nikki's going a little crazy again. And Murphy, she's counting. She's saying tick-tock, tick-tock. She's counting down the clock how much time's left. She's saying she wants Raven. Murphy's trying to stall her a little bit, and he says that it was his idea to send Hatch in. It wasn't hers. And, you know, you know Nikki's not really buying that. Um but they're just trying to buy time for Indra and them, and they're taking forever to show up. I mean, if this was a plan. I mean, even Murphy, I think, says it to – doesn't he say to Shade Hater before Shade Hater even comes out, saying, like, where's Indra? Or somebody says, where's Indra? Like, in, like, off, like offhand. I didn't catch that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense then that yeah. Murphy then starts to stall. Cause yeah, like, I mean, what the hell's going third, on? Yeah, yeah. stalling, yeah. Yeah, I love that Hatch keeps getting named yeah. even like several episodes later. But yeah, he's essentially saying killing all these people would just be like spitting on Hatch's good work. Like even though he died, he did save all of Sanctum with his death. So don't ruin that with more death. It's not necessary. Yeah. And it's all just stallable is yeah. what he's playing right now. Luckily, Indra eventually arrives, diffuses the situation, gets all of the convicts that had guns to drop their guns and get on the knees. So... And then Russ Hayda saunters over to Indra and says, my plan worked perfectly. Mm. Indra says, so far, so far it did. Which brings us to our next scene. We are still in the Great Hall. Um, Alyssa is kind of talking to Russ Hayda and sneaks him the key to his handcuffs. So stuff just starts happening here. Um, Which the faithful are starting to question the primes now that this information is out. They're starting to get this mob mentality of what they're starting to get angry right and it's coming to a head where amori says hey murphy it's time for us to dip and Mm -hmm. let's just leave russ in here injure is leaving them to die in there you know i mean you want to get into how stupid of a plan that yeah i was just okay she's putting way too much faith in them it was initially i wrote down like it was both badass and dumb as shit because it was badass like she's like kill him basically like i'm killing this demon she's walking away but dumb as shit for the exact reason. It's like, why not just stand at the end of that door, wait until the, you know, the yelling's done. And if it's not resolved in the way you would think, fix it the normal way. Because right. if she did do that, 
she would have had no issue killing him because the faithful were dead. That was the only reason she was keeping him alive before. So it's like solve both issues. She just had to stand on the other side of the door with a pistol that had one bullet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's also make sure get Knight the hell out of there. Yeah. There were so many. So true. I think this was really, everything was too perfect that Russ, none of this should have happened. Andrew's way smarter than that. Right. I think, I, I think this is lazy yeah. writing. That's that. they, to- they just had to get, Ross Hay to unleash. Yeah. At the end of the episode, I was a little sad because Whatever, I was you know. fangirl and gushing over Andrew being the commander, and then yeah. she just kind of fumbled in the bag well, a little I definitely bit. First day as commander. Knight was there. You're right. Like that shouldn't mm-hmm. that should have been a red flag for Indra anyway, saying like, don't keep him anywhere near Shade Hayda. He doesn't know it's Shade Hayda yet, but if he finds out, he already expressed interest of flipping sides. And it's I also I also love how before Russ gives his speech, before he kills them all. He gets the key from Alyssa, but he just rips the things off anyway. The, the the shackles off anyway. He didn't need a key, dude. He's yeah. just like and rips it off. Dude, he's awesome. Take like, takes the yeah. sling off. Moving man. past the negatives, there's so, a lot of positives from yeah. this scene. Indra leaves the room, and Russ moves over to this kind of a trident-looking candle holder, um, and he goes on this monologue where he says, "What is a king without subjects?" Uh, but I ask, what are subjects without a king? They are but lost sheep, confused and scared, needing guidance and protection from the wolf who delights in their slaughter, at which point he takes off the candle to reveal just spikes. Right. So he has this trident, and then it cuts to outside of the room. They start hearing screaming. Real Mer- quick, though, I thought that he was going to use that to kill the guards at the door. That was my initial thought. I didn't think... Are all these people are dead? That was I. They're all dead. I took it like he was gonna kill them. Man. Really? Yeah. Well, I saw the trident got a little worried because you know we've seen Spartacus and the trident doesn't really work out too well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like when he started saying what what's sheep without their king. I thought he was saying like I'm gonna be your king regardless if I'm prime or not. But I, I just I way. literally took it like this was his plan. Kills them. The faithful's gone. Now there is no leverage. He just becomes the dark commander again because yeah. there's yeah. no one to no other angry mob to start a problem. But let's talk about the fact that Trey was not present. Ugh. Dumb. I don't like that. <laughs> the one person we're yeah. ready to have die. Yeah, no, true. They cool. all get murdered. I was cool with Alyssa eating it because she sucked. Yeah. Yeah. But Trey was not present. She did eat it, right? She yeah. was confirmed yeah. dead? Yeah, yeah. so that was the other thing. Did you guys always believe – like, I guess you always believed that she was following him as Russ, right? Like, yes. she never knew he shade hated. She just said, you're yeah. Russ. I'm following yeah. you. I'm the faithful. Okay. I mean, she has that dumb line, which is like, why is everyone like not believing you? And he's like, yeah. no one's as faithful as you. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. So, listen, She's fuck. just a dumb. All the faithful suck. Right. They're, they're the worst. Um, Except for Jer. I like Jer. Except for Jer. Jer's a good man. <laughs> Jer made it out of the room, we think. All right. So he Murphy So Murphy realizes as he's walking away, Indra's already gone, which is the key part of this. She's yeah. not around to stop this order. He's like, hold on. Like, all this experience, this chess thing that he's been experiencing with Shade, all this is like telling him, is like, this is exactly what he fucking wants. So he turns around, tries to reverse course. Indra's gone. She can't help him. And Knight and the other one crew members that are guarding the door are not, they're not budging at all. And then. And Murphy's literally saying, those are screams of multiple people, not one person. There's yeah, something yeah. bad's happening. If they were killing him, we'd hear him scream. It would be over everyone screaming right now. Um, which is exactly when he drops the line saying Shade Hate is killing them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Knight steps up and is like, wait, what did you just say? And right. then, you know, thankfully we Murphy. didn't get dialogue wasted on that shit. Well, but- yeah, at that point, 
I guess it's night that opens the door. And then we, no, it was, we hear him through the door say right. something. Open the door. door. He and, literally says, open the door. Open the yeah. door and ground or speak. Oh, uh, dude, Trigata slang. Trigata slang. You're right. I was the one that was a stickler for that. Um, <laughs> and he says, my fight is just beginning. And then night and another girl who assumedly is from San Gata crew kneel to him. And Shade hate us back. Yeah, we're fucked. Shade Hate is Shade Hate is standing there with all the blood on him. J.R. Borm, freaking badass. Question awesome. though, would would they have reacted the like taking quick knees, the one crew members that were there, including Knight, if Murphy didn't say that? No, no, I, no they didn't know it was Shade I mean, first though. of all, he spoke, he spoke just... in, tr- in Trigata slang, so there would be questioning something. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I guess it's. The whole thing with the um, Sangata crew and Shade Hada, I guess that's why they definitely knelt. But I mean, his plan right away was to, I mean, I think part of the plan was to speak in the trick, in the trick. I don't think he was counting on Murphy to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Shade Hada. Also, I mean, this could be, I hope it's not a similar issue with what we talked about with Murphy just being in the saloon randomly afterwards. Cause I mean, they're still outnumbered and I know it's like, there's what two people kneeled in Shade Hada. Mm-hmm. Other people are there with guns and Murphy that didn't kneel. I mean, I think it's safe to say, though, as soon as Shade Hayda is out in the open more so, the whole one yeah. crew or, yeah, the, so all, all of them are going to put a bullet in his head. Oh, yeah, they should. Yeah. Maybe Murphy will. Maybe that'll that, be the the uh, the dramatic opening to the next episode. Yeah, besides Trey missing from that, that I didn't have too much too much complaining about that, that scene. I thought it was pretty badass, like quick work. J.R. Yeah. Horn looking badass with blood all over his yeah. face. Like, of course, he – nothing – he's probably the best fighter we've ever seen. Like, it's starting to feel like that with the shackles in terms of strength, with the skill with weapons, what we've seen him do. It's like I almost want to say he's the best fighter now. I would – I mean, I yeah. I married yeah. him when you asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I definitely yeah. – I mean, yeah, 30v1 is – Yeah. In close quarters is uh, – is, did I just make the number up, 30? No, I don't – and I think they know, say, that was from someone earlier in the episode said it was J.R. Bourne said you have 30 people captured in yeah. the Great Hall or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, so 30. Okay. So now we have Indra, Jackson, Maddie, Murphy, and Amori versus Shade Hayda. Yes, and I guess Nikki could serve as a ally in the long term if, she, if, if they, they want to bring her back. Out. Nikki and Nelson. Yeah. I feel like they're – I'm leaning more towards their Russ Hayda. I'd be yeah. – I, I yeah. think they're yeah. Russ Hayda too. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. And I guess this can't be answered right now, but still, where the hell's Gaia? With Bellamy, 100%. So you think that <laughs> well, Bellamy was the disciple that... She was She was mentioned in this She episode, was, yeah. Um, cause She's with that interest. random person that there's no other characters that would really be explainable. Yeah, that, in, that can't be a random person now. We're too, we're too deep in it that. It has season. to be Bellamy. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's... I feel confident about that. Yeah. I guess. I'm just, the last time we talked about it, I feel like we joked about it. We did because it just happened. Yeah, we but now more it's, episodes we're going to pass with yeah. him doing nothing. It's the same thing with speaking the speaking of which, let's, the let's drop, theory. Do you want to drop that fact you told me before this podcast without the number of episodes of main characters? Or this is it's it's ridiculous to yeah. think about that how little we're seeing our main characters here. Before this seventh season, Clark Griffin, okay, had appeared in eighty three out of eighty four episodes. So far, so far in this season alone, she's been absent for three. And we know that the one she has been in, besides the first, what, one, is very minimal. Second, yeah. Last episode, she, wasn't, she had five lines. Crazy. 
I don't I don't like I, it because I'm now I'm starting to just need more Clark and Bellamy. Like it's not even a desire. I I kind of need that because they they are what this show is and while we've given Nas the ensemble like it's their story at the end of the day. Like I I need more Clark in this show. Like what are we going to if Bellamy isn't like a main part of the the climax of next next episode and then on it's like I'm at the point where it's like I I don't even care. Like, I don't, what is he going to do for me now? He's just, they're going to throw him in a hero role to save the day on Bardo last second, making, making me be like, Oh my God, Bellamy, love you again. It's like, I don't. Yeah. And the last time we'll ever see him. It's a, it's a shame that this is, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I don't know if I'd be enjoying it anymore with Clark and Bellamy being in it. Like, I think that I'm thoroughly enjoying everyone else, but I think that, when it comes to making sense and, and overall, like as a season being the series finale, it's hurting without Clark and it hurts. Right. Exactly. What you're saying it hurts more because this is the series finale. Right. It's not, we get no real end closure time with our main characters. Right. It's not the entertainment factor, but it's the, like the making sense factor. Like it's been a great season. Oh yeah. I mean, I've loved this season. We're on a break, right? Yeah, where there's going to be three wait three weeks. I think it's either two or three between now and um the next episode. Damn, I thought it was like one week. All right, so I guess for our last segment, let's just jump right into our bang kill marry segment. So what we're gonna do for this is we're gonna just do Levitt's Angels. We're gonna bang kill marry between Octavia, Hope, and Echo. We can you know this we've talked about these characters so much we can keep this one a little bit short. So yeah, I'll go first. Go ahead. Keep it simple. Everybody knows who I'm going to marry, my girl Octavia. Um, I'm going to then bang Echo and kill Hope. Why are, you gonna, why are you going to kill Hope? Um, well, she's a virgin. <laughs> oh, God. And she's very emotional. So uh, there you go. Well, I'm going to definitely marry Octavia as well. I think I'm going to marry Hope. Or I'm bang hope, I'm sorry. And kill Echo and my reasoning would be because Echo's going a little cray right now. I don't want her to I mean if I can kill her, I'll try. She might kill me, but <laughs> that's a good point. All right, Luke. I'm gonna I'm gonna have the same answer as Kyle. I'm gonna marry Octavia, but for the reason is that being that I saw her interact with Levitt in a sent in like a in you know like a romantic way where she's not like mentally damaged from all the MCAP stuff, so that gave me enough sign off to say yeah. she's still she's still in there. Perfectly and she's fine. officially not Blood Raina, so yeah, she's she seems more centered and normal. So Octavia's good marry. I'm gonna bang Echo and kill Hope just because I don't I don't like the the hair the short hair on Hope. <laughs> I'm going to marry Octavia because she's been like a day one bay for me. And my gosh, do you guys remember when we were complaining about how she had to full on redemption and pull that off masterfully yeah. or else we were going to hate her forever? <laughs> oh my she God. She did it in I'm, episode two. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. It didn't take long. Yeah. She's yeah. back. She's bay. Um, uh, I'm going to bang Echo. Honestly, just she's really hot. <laughs> and then I'm going to kill Hope because I didn't like her attitude in this episode. Get it together, Hope. All right, well, real quick, the reason why I didn't bang Echo, too, was because of her role in Chad Rook's movie. And, you know, take a look, take a look at that movie. She's, <laughs> she's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to do it for the episode. We're going to be following Season 7 of The 100 Weekly with the podcast after every episode. Next up is Episode 10, which, as of right now, is untitled. That'll be coming out after a two-week hiatus. Also be on the lookout for our 
our interview with Jason Diaz, a.k.a. Levitt. That episode will be dropping sometime next week. As always, if you like what you heard, give Benchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Benchtown TV, and thanks for listening.